When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let me bang I do let you bang. Let me bang you, Let you bang. 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 For your favorite mixed martial arts podcast, recording out of Los Angeles, California, it's MMA Roasted with Adam Hunter. Who the fuck is that guy? Hey, welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with Greg Romero Wilson. The Ween Dog is here, Joseph Aaron Perez. What's up, uh, dude? I'm in Vegas. I'm recording my special tomorrow. Uh, this has been like the weirdest way to prepare for a special during COVID. Because uh, normally I do like eight shows a week beforehand and like, but. Oh, absolutely. And also, not to mention, it's like I have like 25 minutes of MMA stuff that I can't. I've been practicing on Zoom, uh, <laughs> which. Hey man, you gotta do. You gotta look. You gotta do it. You gotta roll with the punches. Somebody Listen, can- man, if it works on Zoom, it is bulletproof. <laughs> That's actually kind of true. Um, but dude, I did one Zoom show a couple weeks ago. Literally, there was a guy dressed in camouflage with a microphone, but like one of those like mics, and he had an AK forty-seven with him the entire time. I don't know if he was Antifa or some kind of white nationalist. I, I didn't even want to ask because it was already making everyone uncomfortable. There was like nine people there and one guy, and I was gonna kick him out of the show, but he was like our best audience member. So like, and like I needed <laughs> audience members. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, right now I'm just, um, and, then I, and then I did a show last Saturday to prepare for this. I did a show at a drive-in, um, I'm outside, and there's all these cars there. And if they like their jo- your jokes, they honk at you. Yeah. Um, and then if they really like it, they bright you. Then this is how I, I actually, this is, this is how I'm preparing for this. Um, and then, uh, but I'm, I'm excited. I'm just tired, man. Like I'm tired. I'm like, you know, I have to remember to like have fun, not beat myself up. Um, because, you know, I'm the person, if I don't get enough sleep, then the whole day is like, I didn't get enough sleep. Now I'm gonna be tired. I'm gonna bomb. I'm gonna, everyone's gonna tell me I suck. It's just I get into this like fucking snowball, and I'm back in therapy uh, the last couple of weeks. I'm doing my therapy via Zoom, uh, and my therapist is hot, of course. And then my wife gets upset because she's like, "Why can't you just tell me these problems?" And, and I'm like, "You don't understand. You're not a therapist." She's like, "Well, just tell." And she's like, "Well, what you tell the therapist?" I'm like, "Just so now I'm whisp- I'm in the other room whispering my problems." to my wife's never I'm working because I'm talking about my wife and how totally I, exactly yeah it's like you can't talk to her about her you need to go talk to someone else about her I, I, I like I feel like I feel like I'm like should be giving this therapist tokens like it's a cam girl <laughs> I'm like telling her 
I'm telling her my issues. Uh, so that's good though. I, I have a good therapist, which is, which is, which is good. Um, and I'm in Vegas. Can I tell you, I used to have a hot girl therapist too. And it was the worst. Cause sometimes I'd be like, I'd be kind of, you know, I'd be like, God, she's fucking hot. And then she'd be like, just tell me what you're thinking. And all I wanted to say was, I'm thinking I want to eat your pussy right now. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, if you want me to be honest with you, if you want, we're supposed to be honest here. All I can think about is eating your pussy. That I had to stop seeing her because she was too hot. I, I just feel stupid talking about like, that's hilarious, by the way. That is, I wonder what, what she would, I mean, she would have to be, you know, what if she said, okay. I mean, what would I doubt, you know? But um, there'd be the now that'd be some therapy I'd feel good about paying for. <laughs> In fact, that would be the session I'd be like, you know, if you want to charge me your standard rate instead of the discount artist rate today, I think you earned it. You know, like I would have I would have gone full boat. I would have been like, charge the insurance for two sessions. You earned it. Yeah, so yeah, I haven't gotten to the point to t- where I tell my therapist I'm not wearing pants yet. Uh, but once, um, once no, I'm kidding. But but, she said, <laughs> but but I but I have been talking about like watching porn because like when I go on the road I watch porn, and I and I feel like I should like I shouldn't be watching porn. I should save it for my wife, and because also the porn that I watch is like that strip club porn where it's the male strippers and the girls all take turns like blowing them, and, and because I've like done that in my life anyway. But this is not this is an MMA podcast. Uh, what are we talking? About? <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a half MMA. I, I, would, I would say it's a mostly MMA podcast, <laughs> depending uh, on the episode. Depending on the episode. My, my 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 kid was really cute the other day. Like I was, uh, she did something on the computer. She saw something by herself, and she goes, "Daddy, tell me you're proud of me." And then I was like, "Cause I always say, well, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you." So I told her I was proud of her. But like, you know, I'm always changing her diaper, and when she, I, I never want to poop shame her, you know. So I tell her, "Oh, it's okay. Everybody poops. Daddy poops. Mommy poops." And then we get to like, depending on how big the poop is, how many people we get to, you know. So I'm like, "Mommy's friend Stephanie poops." So then her, mommy's friend Stephanie came over. The first thing she goes, "Stephanie poops," and she had like a <laughs> date. She had like a date with her. It was like sort of, you know, that's the. You know, well, she's not wrong. No, no, Stephanie. And then we have this thing called the potty princess where we're trying to potty train the kid. So she right. puts on a, a princess hat and I, and I read a book to her called I'm the Potty Princess. Um, and then she wears a crown while she goes in the, the potty, her little potty. I'm like, we're not setting this kid up for failure at all, huh? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> fucking crazy. Anyway, you uh, opened for Too Short over the weekend? Yeah, I was uh, I did my first drive in comedy show. It was actually it was for Big Boy, you know, the legendary radio DJ. And he uh, it was his funny mofo show. And then they had Big Boy come out. It was turned into an evening of comedy and music. And so it was my first drive-in show, and it was put together. Yeah, that's funny because it was put together by the Improvs. The the Improvs right. put it together, and they had the the big inflatable you know screen with us on it, and then we were on a little tiny stage off to the side, not like directly beneath that screen. We were off to the side, so that was that was kind of weird uh, to begin with. And so we were joking with them about, hey, what are we with this day? And they're like, we think we know how to put on a show. That was their big, we got it. We're not going to tell you how to be funny. Will You don't tell us how to put on a show. Like, ah, nah, nah, nah. Um, and then, first of all, it takes a, you really, it takes a certain skill set to do a drive-in show where there's no laughter really coming back at you. And if you think about it, Zoom is the greatest, is a great warm-up to this, but apparently yeah. none of these guys have done that. 
um, wow. because none of them handled it very well. I mean, they all tried valiantly, but I mean, they really were, were you could I mean, completely thrown. Uh, and then I got up there and I was, I, I just, I crushed because right. I, I could see exactly, I was like, this just needs energy and full attack mode and not worrying about anything else and just get, go out there and have it a ball. And, and no one went to back, pause. No one went to pause. Right, and just exactly, just running it as if it's all going great. And I did that and the audience loved it and people were hitting me up a lot. You were the best by far and everything. But okay, so there, here they are with this production and I'm kind of making fun of the lighting and stuff like that because it was all very harsh and right at you. And... So then Eric Blake goes up there to to close out the comedy part and and <laughs> like two minutes into his set, the power goes out. Oh, and, and not just a little bit like, well, first the radio, it, it, that was the other thing. They didn't have any speakers up for, for sound to go out to the crowd automatically. They all had to tune into the radio. And the first thing that lost power was the radio. Oh. So the so the radio signal goes out. OK, nobody can hear them. Everyone just starts honking their horns to let us know that they don't have the radio signal anymore. So then they're like, wait a minute, we're trying to figure it out right now. Then all the power goes out, all the lights, all the video. So then you see all these, you know, the carts from the people that run the play. They're all rushing over there to try and fix it. They finally get it back up and running. Eric starts again. Boom. It goes out again. So then he get right. So and it's not like he can even riff. No one can hear him. Yeah. No one can do anything. Yeah. He's just like He's just a man screaming in a field at this point, you know, like nobody can fucking hear him. Then, then the power comes on again for the stage, but not for the video. So the giant screen, so they had to go and find a ge separate generator and bring it out and start it up and start running the video again off a separate generator. So then the power finally starts going again. Then it goes out again, completely uh, out. Now, now people just start driving out. Now they're uh, leaving the fucking show. They're fucking go but a bunch of people stay because they know two shorts coming and then magically that that i mean and this fucking poor eric what a trooper he was fighting so hard but when it finally came back on it had cut out like four times at this point during his set and like he, he was like i'm just gonna wrap up with this joke and it's like he couldn't even he was so lost with the joke at a certain point he just stopped telling it and was like you know what let's bring out two short and they bring out the fucking and two short goes up there does his like three or four hits it was and just like the main parts of it and then came, but luckily the power did not go out on two short so he had a good little set and then that was it but i mean it was well eric's it was, like been eric's been shot he was in gangs you know yeah. he's had a crazy life it's like he's probably just like you know when you've been shot and you were a gang member and you have like 12 kids it's like ah fuck it <laughs> yeah he listen he was a trooper man he was fighting through but it was just tough because they didn't bother to set up any real sound the only on stage speakers were the were the 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 monitors those were the that only was, speakers did i ever tell you the time i opened for too short no i was driving in uh there used to be a club it was in monterey and i'm driving there that night club gemini and on the radio it says tonight club gemini too short and i'm like i'm fucking at club gemini tonight like it's weird right and that's so right. then i call the club and i go <laughs> hey uh you know i'm six hours into the drive now i'm like hey is too short there tonight like yeah i'm like what about the comedy show oh that's before too short I'm like okay so i get there and the whole place is packed but with like people from the bay like like too short fans like no one's there for comedy right, right? and it's right. me like d militant and then too short, right? 
So I go up there and no one wants to hear stand-up comedy. So I do a couple jokes and like people are like, fuck this, who's this white boy? Motherfucker? You know, like so I just kind of start cursing after the joke. Like and I'm like, motherfucker, like I was kind of newer in the comedy, not newer, but like, and then I started, I like survived. I did fine, but it was not the kind of crowd. Dean Militon goes on and like goes off on white people for 20 minutes, but in a really funny way. He fucking does good. Too short right. is an hour late because he's getting a blowjob in the in the limo, right? That's what allegedly, right. right? So then he comes out. I believe it. it. It's supposed to end at one o'clock. It's like twelve thirty, right? He comes out, does like two songs, and then but they have to end at one. And then he goes, you know what? Fuck this place. You know what? Uh, this song's about making money. He goes, you know what? I'm not doing any more songs until you guys give me five thousand dollars. Tries to hold up the crowd. So now people start like <laughs> passing around like a bucket to like no and there's no. like I'm, and there's like nine dollars and the, no one's putting any everyone's like what, what the fuck I paid you know then he goes all right I want two sperm swallowers to blow me right now these two fucking like fat white girls get up there they're like we'll blow you he goes I said sperm swallowers not sperm whales right <laughs> oh. and everyone's like oh people are running around like throwing shit. He does one more, he does like half a song and then it's, the lights go on. Show, show, they have to get out, right? Now people, yeah. it's like three songs. He held up the crowd and got almost got a fucking blowjob on stage. A fucking riot breaks out, right? People are angry and they start fighting, like four fights. Like just bottles get thrown, fucking mobs are fighting. I'm hiding behind the bar with like the, the owner's wife. Like like fucking ducking bottles that are getting thrown. But I'm I'm entertained. This is like I'm eating popcorn. This is wild. Yeah. Like, <laughs> They're not coming after you. It's like, what do you care? So all the cops come. Like madness, right? I come back the next day. The owner says to me, uh, let me talk to you, Adam. I go, what? He goes, you were too dirty last night. I, I go, I was too dirty. Like, what about the fucking race war that fucking broke out? And the... <laughs> Yeah, that's fucking that. That's my two short story. Oh anyway. my god! Yeah, he was listen, and he that's thing like he just did like basically the choruses to the four hits, you know, and then that was it. You know, it was maybe like ten minutes long, and then he walked. And here's the other thing, like okay, so the stage, I'm most everybody is on stage right. I'm on stage left because I didn't want to be around everybody, you know. So I'm on the other side by myself, and of course him and the two hot girls he's with, they come up and stand around me. Now they don't talk to me. They don't address me. They just stand around me. And then he goes on stage. Then he comes back and he's like walking right at me. And I just, I felt like I had to say something to him. So I'm like, hey, that was great, man. And he goes, get to the heart of it. Get on with it. And I was like, all right, good note. Solid note. That explains. Yes. Okay. I get it now. Thank you. That makes sense. We should sense. just do our punchlines. Like no setups. Just do punchlines. No setups. Just the punchlines. And get off stage and be like, get to the heart of it. And get on with it. So Weed Dog, how was your weekend? What did you do? Uh, well, you know, the great thing about living in an apartment that was built in the 1700s is that not only does the interior look old as shit, but the plumbing in your apartment is old as shit, too. So oh, over the past few days, I had an, my entire bathroom fun. got flooded out with water because I don't know. The pipes are just so old. I woke up in the morning. I went to the bathroom and I took one step into the bathroom and my foot went into like three inches of ice cold water on the floor. Oh, and my shit. It, like a large portion of my carpet is like destroyed and now the the sink in my kitchen is now fucked up. So I've just been learning how to do basic plumbing shit on YouTube to try to survive. You know, it sucks, but I'm hanging in there. 
That sounds like a good By the way, oh, another thing, speaking of shit. So Dominic Cruz, I got Dominic, Phil Davis, and Angela to be in a, a sketch this year and a pseudo sketch for the awards. And ha- Dominic Cruz is so funny because having to convince him to be in a sketch is like exactly how you would. I'm like, Dominic, man, hey, will you do this sketch? And it's like similar to like Cormier, all about the cake and chicken, like that making him look really kind of silly. And he's just, there's just like awkward pauses. And he's like, you know, Adam, uh, you know, luckily I'm in a place now where I'm trying to, you know, you know, I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone. And uh, he's like, there's like 25 reasons why I don't want, I'm, I'm totally against this idea, but okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he voiced his concerns in advance. It's almost like he's, re- he's pre-registering his complaints. Oh, so at any point during it, he'd be like, see, this is what I was talking about. I'm out of here. He is a funny person. Like, first of all, you know, when, when, I, when, I, when I write these songs for people, you know, I have to research them and I have to write funny lyrics about them, you know, but I also have to know who I'm writing about. They make it. So I didn't realize that Henry Cejudo, you know, everyone talks about Cejudo as like the king of cringe and cringy and cringy. This dude lived with, first of all, his, his father was like a complete drug addict out of his life, like left him, him and his brothers when he was a kid. He grew up in like dirt poor, like trailer park, like, you know, Arizona, like the ghetto of Arizona, basically. He didn't even have his own bed. He slept with his siblings. When he made the USA wrestling team, they bought him his own mattress. And that was the first time he ever slept in his own bed. So like, I'm like, well, I guess like that never gets told, told that story. Maybe he does, but it's just, you always get king of cringe, king of cringe. But this dude, like a lot of props to the Cejudo because he came out and Dominic Cruz grew up in a trailer park too. Like trailer park, uh, which you know, not that I would assume that, you know, that Cruz grew up with like a spoiled guy, but he doesn't carry himself as like, when I think of a kid that grew up with a trailer park, I don't think Dominic Cruz. You think you of know, Mike Perry. So, so uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to both of those guys for really overcoming some serious obstacles in their lives and achieving what Well, and I was going to say, that's what they, that, this is what they mean by, you know, being hungry. Yeah. You know, the, these are the guys that are willing to sacrifice everything because yeah. when you got nothing, you got, you know, you might, you got nothing to lose. You know, yeah. people that are comfortable, it's harder for them to put in the kind of sacrifice that these guys are willing to put in. You know, and that is often the formula for a champion is is absolutely coming from a place where it's like, listen, I got nothing else, so I'm putting all my eggs in this basket. I'm gonna have nothing else to do but work hard. You and know, sometimes sometimes you get the opposite. Like I heard BJ Penn came for money. I heard that uh, Kenny Florian. His parents uh, had a lot of money, but I think more often than not, it's kids that like, you know, really had something to kind of, you know, I need to get this wrestling scholarship to, in order to pay for college. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we see the same thing in stand up. I mean, there are a lot of guys that come from absolutely nothing. And then there's some guys that come from that are sons of influence, you know, oh, that, yeah. have, that have a ton of money. And those guys tend to do really well because, you know, they don't go into every audition fucking starving, you know, going, I really need this. They go in comfortable and they do great because, you know, whatever, you know. Yeah, but you also so. see like, the reason I dropped out of college, part of it was like, I didn't want to have a backup plan. I wanted to go all or nothing. I don't want to have a net. And I, I think a lot of people try to like hedge their bets where they go, OK, I'll go to college. I'll get a job. Yeah. I'll do this, and then I'll do stand up on the side. And I feel like that almost never works. You know, it's just like, well, I think that's how you wind up with what we have. You know, we have so many lawyers that wind up in stand up and stuff like that. I think a lot of it comes from that of like, OK, I'm going to do this. They're like, oh, but I really want to do this. 
Thanks, you know, so. Yeah, but for every Greg Giraldo, there's like 20 of the unfunniest lawyers you've ever seen in your entire life. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you know, there's been quite a few in stand-up. Dimitri Martin. Uh, what's his name? Um that Italian guy who went out, he became a judge for a minute out of New York. No, Greg Geraldo, right? No, no, also, also Greg Geraldo, but I mean, the, uh, his name is escaping me right now. I'm so bad at names. But uh, he became a judge, and then they were like, listen, you can't be doing stand up and be a judge. They're like, you got to quit doing stand up. He goes, or I could quit being a judge. So he quit being a judge to keep doing, and just went back into private uh, law so he could keep being, doing stand up. When I was in New York City, I was doing comedy in laundromats. Jody and uh, Jody Wasserman and Danny Cohen, two of my favorite people ever. They used to run shows where there were no shows. Like the worst possible, they did, they did a, a supermarket where you do comedy at the checkout line. People are buying food and then they go <laughs> up. And if you like held up the line, it meant you were doing okay, right? And then I did a supermarket and then I did a laundromat. And it was like, yeah, the, I remember the laundromat shows. Yeah, it was a homeless crowd. Like they would literally come in. And uh, I remember it was me and Dimitri Martin and Brody Stevens used to do it. And Brody was the funniest because that was the fucking perfect place for him to do comedy. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember when uh, Dimitri Martin, it was like Andrew Donnelly. He was a very funny guy. He's in like every commercial now. But he, he remember him taking on stage. He goes over to the dryer and he goes, let me put this on. No career. <laughs> i remember there was one i remember doing a lot of those in the basement of this place and the basement like had been leaking and so there's water on the ground and the water had knocked out the power to the light system so there was no lights so everyone was taking they had plugged in an extension cord with a light bulb and <laughs> <laughs> and so it was some kind of light and like a coffee can. And so what you had to do was whoever was on deck had to hold the light for whoever was performing. And then they would finish it. Then you got to hand the light to the next person who had to hold it for you while you performed in this fucking wet basement, man. Oh, I yeah, yeah. college one time and the show was brought to you by the Cancer Society. And before the show, they had a five minute video of all these kids who died oh. of cancer. And then they showed uh, like everybody's like I'm pretty sure they showed like died age five like exactly when they died. Oh and then my they, god! And they go time for the comedy show. And I remember going on there and seeing all these crying eyes, and I'm like, this is the my opening act. Like this is like what this is what you guys we couldn't put this after. You know? <laughs> One of my first uh, first ever corporate dates, I was doing a two man act called Greg and Greg. And they had hired this uh, small town. A friend of mine's mom was like the city secretary or whatever. So she got them to hire us for their annual Christmas dinner. So we go down there to do this Christmas dinner. And uh, apparently because they had entertainment this year, like everybody decided to come, whereas normally nobody really comes. And so they, they ended up with like three times as many people at this thing in this venue that wasn't really built for that. You know, they were in three separate rooms. They ended up spreading out over three separate rooms. So the woman comes up to us and she goes, listen, some of the people have already finished their food. Some people are eating right now. Some people still haven't eaten. Everybody's mad. Let's just start the show. <laughs> and we were like, uh, okay. 
So we start the show. Nobody jives with it. Nobody likes the show. They like, they're like, what the fuck is this shit? And I'll never forget this little old lady just gets up from the front table, pushes her chair and looks at the rest of the group and goes, I just can't listen to any more of this. And walked out. And that was uh, my first corporate gig as a stand-up. Speaking of a guy who's been around, Johnny Case is with us. Johnny Case, uh, a UFC vet, Bellator vet, PFL vet. Rising vet. Are you back in the PFL? Is that why we're back in PFL? I am. Yep. I've re back with the PFL. And uh, unfortunately, this season got canceled because of fucking COVID. Um, but yeah, looking ready to start off 2021 and, and chase that title. Good. I'm happy that they're back because I'm working for them. Uh, so I'm <laughs> nice. But, uh, but also, they signed Burdoom, which is good. Um, and then Bubba Jenkins in the PFL too, by the way. Bubba Jenkins. Oh, nice. Our boy Bubba is back. Great. Yeah, I guess PFL stands for pretty fucking large because he's huge right now. Um, so. <laughs> is Bubba coming into lightweight or is he going welterweight? I, I don't know what he's coming into, That's but uh, I'm happy because PFL is great. It's a tournament where you win a million dollars. I mean, talk about changing your life. I mean, Lance Palmer has won $2 million in two years and he's complaining. Fucking guy. I don't know what he's talking about, but Ungrateful. Ungrateful, right? I mean, $2 million. But I think, Johnny, man, I, the, the fights that you lost in the PFL, I had you winning. Um, like, and so many of your fights, like, I think you're, you have a great record, which is like 20 and 7. or some insane record, right? But 27, 7 and 1. 27, yeah. 7 and 1. You can yep. easily be like 32 and 2 or something because so many <laughs> I could. fights what your way there were so many split decisions of guys that you beat that like went the other way but it was in the hometown or you got robbed and yada yada so uh and then when you went to japan they poisoned you um <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that happened but i'm, I'm, I'm like making that up but uh how no, are you there, there, really is, there really is only two guys that is that have hello they're yeah. cut out there yeah. really is only two guys in in my career that have ever truly beat me Every other loss that I've had, I've I've fucked up. I made a mistake, and when you're fighting the best guys in the world, you make one mistake, and they're going to capitalize. So, two guys have only really kicked my ass, and that's Tofik and then Tony Martin. Well, that's I mean that's a good uh, I mean that's that's a really good uh, stat to have. Now you went to uh, Korea to train the Korean zombie for his fight. What was that like? And that was an experience for sure. So, so we started off the, the trip and they're like, hey, you guys are going to have to do like a two-week quarantine when you're over here. But no big deal. You'll be able to go to the Airbnb. You'll all be together. You'll be able to train and whatnot. So we get there and it's nothing like what they say. As soon as we land, there's guys in fucking hazmat suits come on the plane, escort us out, put us on these buses and take us to these hotels where that are guarded by the military. And they, they take us, they separate us, they put us in in rooms all by ourselves like it's like a 10 by 20 fucking prison cell base basically and they tell us at, if at any time we open that door and come and step outside that door we're gonna go to they're gonna arrest us for terrorism oh like shit get covid then and we give covid to like another a, a south korean you know like like person then then that's terrorism and then we're gonna go to jail for two weeks restart our quarantine and then they're gonna ship us back to the u.s so it was like a forceful fucking two-week you yeah, know. see, all these people that are saying, well, why can't we be like South Korea? They're fucking beating the curve. And why, like, they don't, they're like, I don't want to wear a mask. Like, this is why they're beating the curve. Because militants yeah. are fucking, 
thing outside your fucking everyone that's complaining about their loss of freedoms and i get it but don't compare yourself to other countries because this is what's happening this is how they're imagine that happened in the u.s right now holy oh. fuck yeah, I quickly like, learned like the human rights aren't necessarily the same over there. It's like the the fourth day, I, I was I was had I was working out pretty good and I ran out of fucking water. So they give you like they ration you water. So I called down to the front desk. I was like, "Hey, I ran out of water. Could you send me some more up?" And they're like, "No, we gave you your water for the day." And I'm like, "I drank that. Can I have some more?" They fucking hung up the phone and disconnected it, so I couldn't call down to the front desk anymore. Oh shit! Like, nah, bitch. We gave you water. That's it. <laughs> So how, did, so how are you able to train with the Korean zombie for his fight? So after the two-week quarantine, we got out, and then Zombie and his wife were fucking just awesome people. Like, they took care of us so good. Um, they took us out and fucking took us to dinner. As soon as we got out, took us to dinner, took us out getting drunk. We got drunk as shit, fucking had a good time. And then that next Monday morning, we uh, we started training. We started sparring. Um, and so it was like – it was a really – like, the first two weeks was kind of touch and go because they had, like um, – restrictions on like who who all could go, go to the gym like they couldn't have full team practices so it was like zombie and then me and another guy me and two other guys um and then we just kind of like started easing into it easing into it and then fucking fourth weekend we're banging we're banging we're fucking fist fighting and yeah he, he fucking he kind of kicked my ass pretty good on the fourth week man it was kind of a because he he expected me to give him a, a look a special look like ortega does right and he wanted me to come forward and he kept fucking hitting me, trying to knock me out. And I'm like, yo, dude, I can't keep fucking giving you this look and coming forward. Like, if you're going to try to knock me out, you know, I'm like, if we're going to fight, then we got to fucking fight. Like, <laughs> I can't just be your punching bag, you know? Um, yeah, and after that, after that, after like, that like Ortega, but he wanted you to, but he wanted to go 100%. And you're like, but that's not yeah, he wanted to go 100%. And then I had to keep him safe too. You know what I mean? It was like, I had to give him the look, but also not hurt him. And I'm like, dude. Either we're fucking fighting. If you want to fight and go hard, then we got to fight and go hard because I can't fucking give you a look and, and keep you safe while you're trying to knock me out, dude. <laughs> but yeah. like once we got after he fucked me up the fourth week, like I was kind of like explained it to him, explained it to the coach, and then it, it got it got better. Like we, I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna fight more like me. And then you know the intensity was still up, but we were able to do it. The first two weeks are quarantine. You're in a room for two weeks straight. Yeah. Like you didn't yeah. know. Did you call your family? Did you call your girlfriend? Did you call you and be like, get me the fuck out of here? Yeah. I mean, it was literally the third day I was in there. I fucking broke. Like I, cause I didn't know what, first of all, I didn't know what I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Right. I was expecting something completely different than what the fuck the situation was. And I was like, what do they call it? Like I, like institutionalized kind of moment where I was like, man, fuck this. Like I'm basically locked in solitary confinement. I did nothing wrong. Like I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm going to buy my own plane ticket and I'm going to go back home. And like, I called my coach. He's like, dude, you realize you step out of that door they're taking you to jail. And then you're going to restart your two weeks. Oh. And then I was like, fuck. So luckily I was able to just chill the fuck out. Like, like take a shower, took a, took a long shower, like realize. And then I'm like, all right, like fucking. And then I kind of, I started to see the silver lining. I'm like, you know, when as an adult, are you ever going to get two weeks to yourself to just fucking hang out and do whatever the fuck you want? Like, of course you're in a fucking jail cell, but it's like, you don't have to get up at any time. You don't have to go to work at any time. You don't got to do shit, but just exist for two weeks. So uh, once, once I realized that I, I, I kind of fucking, I kind of saw the there silver lining. I started having fun. Was there internet was there porn. Dude. Yeah. There was internet, but there's no fucking porn over there. So oh they, 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 they blocked porn on, porn on the internet, dude. 
So uh, yeah, yeah, you got to have a VPN. You got to get the virtual private network. So you can, uh, that's, what they, uh, that's what they sell in China. When you get off the plane, they're like, you're going to want the VPN. Yeah, you're going to want to get off at some point. Exactly. <laughs> and I didn't realize that's what they were saying to me, you know, but they kept going, no, no, you're going to want the VPN. I'm like, what do I do the VPN? And then I realized, because otherwise you can't watch porn. Now, Greg, what yeah. would you have done if you were him? If you got to train with a Korean zombie and they put you in a hotel for two weeks and you can't leave? Yeah, I would have lost my mind because I would have been going through withdrawals. You know, I would have been like, I would have been like, okay, well, can you send up some weed or uh, I'm gonna need, I, I'm gonna need a crate of Jack Daniels and a bushel of marijuana and as many pornographic magazines as I can get my hands on, and then. Uh, I would I would come out the next week after two weeks with one arm like a Popeye arm from jerking <laughs> off, just like like Rafael Nadal has that one crazy strong arm. That would be my my fucking jerk arm. What if now now your girlfriend's a fighter, beautiful girlfriend? Did she at least did she did she call you and tell you to hang in there? Or? Yeah, for sure. So it was actually her her uh, fight week too. Um, like the first week I was in quarantine, like she was getting ready to fight. She fought uh, her Poliana Viana. Um, so she was kind of like this, like doing her own thing there. So I didn't really bother her, but yeah, she like messaged me and stuff. And like, luckily I had a good fucking like library saved on my phone of good stuff. So right. I didn't really need the porn. I, I just had my, my own porn, my own porno shoots. And then good I, for you. I, I was able to smuggle in a couple of us like, uh, THC cartridges too. So I, I was smoking. I was, there you was go. You're vaping your brains out, huh? Good for you. Oh, I was getting stoned as a motherfucker. Fucker, that, sure. That's the way to pass the time for sure. It's just to get fucking balls out stoned. They're just like, look at that sunset, man. <laughs> and uh, so zombie, like zombie, finally, like the second week I was there, he sent me a PlayStation Four. And like, I never game. I never play games, but I fuck got super baked and just played video games all day. And there you go. Welcome to living up. like a comedian, my man. <laughs> <laughs> Is that uh, Don Fry with us? Is that you? All right, this, somebody's with us. All right, so let's talk about the fights over the weekend. Artie Abrams, Paul Felder. Here's where I kind of got nervous about this fight, right? When Paul Felder said, I have nothing to lose. Uh, I like him when a guy does something to lose. <laughs> because when I feel like when these guys take these fights out one week, and nothing against Paul Felder. He did great. He's an elite athlete. He's an amazing guy, and I love the guy. But I feel like there's always going to be like, well, I lost, but I only had one week to train. And I get nervous when that happens because – especially when you're fighting an elite guy like RDA, like when has this ever really panned out where one week it's worked? It worked for Bisbing when he knocked out Luke Rockhold. I think Luke got pretty cocky and put his hands down. And it worked for Nate Diaz when he beat Conor McGregor. But for the other guys, it seems like this one week is just, when you're fighting the guys that that good, it doesn't seem to really pan out too well. Uh, Johnny Case, thoughts? No, man. And the, I mean, yeah, like you said, Paul Felder's a fucking stud. You know what I mean? Like he could, he could easily fight with the world level. You know what I mean? With the, with the best in the world, you know, compete with those guys, but that's the difference between competing and beating those guys is the time that it takes to prepare. You know what I mean? And fucking RDA look like the best, you know what I mean? Like he just gets better and better every fight. You know what I mean? And um, I think he's got a good chance of, of really going for that title now that, that Khabib is out of there. You know what I mean? He's right in the mix with anybody else, I think, um, after that performance he had on Saturday. But, um, but yeah, man, I think it, it just comes down to, like, when you're fighting the fucking the elitist of the elite, like, there's you need, you need time to prepare. Or you at least need to be preparing for a fight. Like, if, if, if Felder would have had a fight, like, a week or two after that fight, then I think, it, I think the results could have been different as well. But 
you know, I think he was only like doing triathlon shit, wasn't even grappling. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Don, Don, did you watch the fights? No, no. I was busy. I was meeting the guy that killed him. So I was going to say, were you at the restaurant meeting the guy that killed us all in London? All right. That's it, buddy. That's it. <laughs> you ever take a fight on? You ever take a fight on? We'll, we'll make notice or no? What's that? You ever fight on short notice? Yeah, of course, of course. You know, I mean, you don't make excuses. You take the goddamn fight and you deal with it. You know, otherwise, don't take the fight. I, I'm sick and tired of hearing that shit. Oh, I only had two weeks of training. On it. You know, I, I was I was ovulating. You know, as we came. <laughs> You know, don't take the fucking fight. Yeah. Uh, uh, Greg Fry, do you take fights on short notice? I took a fight this morning. Five, I had five minutes notice. Five minutes notice, I took a fight. I lost. <laughs> but it came with an incredible pancake breakfast. Okay, there you go. All right, well, there you go. Uh, another fight that fucking Chaos Williams. Versus Woo! The other guy Woo! was like, to test his chin. I'm like, whoa. I mean, that dude, like, just woke up. But, but at the same time, look, we don't – I don't know how great Chaos Williams is because, you know, we haven't seen him go the distance in a while, and it seems like when he wins, he just knocks people out. But, man, has that guy got power. Holy shit. Johnny Case, thoughts? Yeah, that's a scary motherfucker, dude. He's got that one punch, that one hit, that one hit or quitter kind of power, you know what I mean? And it's not the kind of power like he hits you and then they're like, oh, stumble. It's like – that motherfucker was stiff as a board, but boom, like, yeah, I mean, like that kind of power is just, uh, it's God given. You know what I mean? Like, I wish, I wish uh, you could train to, to, to improve it, but uh, that guy is just fucking gifted. You know what I mean, there's no other way to put it. Don, yeah, you- that, that's that straight, right. I mean, he didn't even like load up, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it wasn't even like he went for it. It was just like a, just a straight, right. And dude, out. It was yes. crazy. No, I got to ask you, because when you, when you learn boxing, they always tell you the straight punches hurt the most. But then I always see guys throw wide punches. Uh, do you, which hits harder? Whatever's timed better. Really. I mean, really, the only, the only difference between straight punches and, and, like, hooks and overhands and uppercuts is the angle at which they're landing. You know what I mean, so it's like really your power should always be there if like you're using the appropriate tool. So if your straight right is dumb is lined up, bam, that's going to be your hardest punch. If he's got his hands up and, and you got to throw it over the top and throw the overhand right, then that's going to be your hardest punch. So, um, I mean, really, like anything from your power side is going to be the more, more powerful, whether it's the power uppercut, power overhand, power straight right. Lead hook. Fry thoughts. They all hurt. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like my buddy Stuart Wilson, you know, he, he was talking, his dad was a pro boxer, and we were listening to the commentator saying, oh, there's nothing there, those don't feel, you know, he's not going to feel that, bullshit, you feel them all, man, you know, and they take their tally, you may not feel them at that moment, but you'll feel them tomorrow. Now, they always say the ones you don't see are the ones that hurt you the most, do you agree with that? I, I go back to my my last statement, man. They all hurt, you know. Shit, but yeah, it, you don't see them coming. You know, that's the one you, that really catches your heart. I mean, there's no chance to slip out of the way, and uh, so they just they just level you. Johnny, who hit you the hardest at all your fights? 
The hardest I've ever been hit in a fuck, man, probably Tofik, mostly of my last fight. But uh, man, so I like not to make excuses, but fucking, I got knocked out in practice the week prior to that, just drilling with a fucking kid, and I ended up having like a CSF leak. You know what that is? It's like cerebral spinal fluid. Like I got hit Eesh. so hard, it hit me straight in the temple. It so it didn't take it. My bone structure didn't take any of the force. It was just straight temple, and I ended up fucking have brain fluid leaking out of my fucking head for a couple days. And then I fought a week later and got knocked the fuck out. So I think how honestly, get, like how do you get knocked out by drilling? Uh, oh, why the hell? Why did you do that? That's a great question. So what happened? I, I was drilling with another Russian kid. I'm not saying it was fucking intentional or not, but I was drilling with another Russian and just so happened to be fighting a Russian. And we were, he was normally a good, good training partner. We were drilling. I was drilling my level changes and he went to go throw a fucking knee and just bam, hit me right in the temple, knocked me the fuck out. So. But he's maybe, throwing knees. See, then your trainer said, what was that? Donald? Your trainer said, told you you're not fighting. Your trainers had told you you're not fighting. Yeah, yeah. but it was, it was a tournament, though. It was a, it was a, a rising tournament, so it was one of those things where they couldn't reschedule the whole tournament. Hey, people pull out all the fucking time, you know? I mean, that's life. And the thing is, you can't erase a loss. You can always make up for um, missing a fight, you know, uh, sitting, sitting it out. But you can't erase a loss. It's there forever. There's no little asterisks next to your name. Mm. it's true that's so true i think yeah i think give it like in hindsight i think going back i definitely would have pulled out you know what i mean because it's like fuck because then you know i mean i got knocked out like three times this year already just from in fucking training and it started with that fucking that need that that i had the csf brain leak i had fucking brain fluid leaking out and i've never been knocked out in my career i've never been knocked out my whole entire career and i've been knocked out three times this year so, yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of uh, – I think it goes back to what Don says. You know, there's no fucking substitute for, for a healthy brain. And, you know, fighting's only a short that, time. You need to have a talk with your trainer. You know that? I mean, that's the bottom line. Your, your trainer uh, is certain like you fucking fight if there's something like that. That's all there is to it. You know, Did your trainer uh, know about the brain fluid thing? Yeah, I told him. You know what I mean? I told him. It was mm. – it was, it was, it happened, and then I came home, and I was, like, uh, taking a shower, and, like, I went to go bend over, and then my girlfriend um, was there, and, like, fucking pink fluid just started, like, squirting out of my nose. Oh, my God. And I was like, but I didn't feel bad. I didn't feel concussed anymore. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes when you get your shit rocked, you feel a little bit out of it. So I didn't feel bad, but then she was like, no, you need to go to the emergency room. And I was like, no, nah, let's, let's just wait. I'll go to training tonight, and we'll see. And then right then, right then, it just fucking, like, a floodgate of just, like, like pink antifreeze is kind of what it looked like. Just pink antifreeze is fucking falling on my face. So then I go to the doctor and he's like, uh, yeah, well, that's fucking brain fluid. And he's like, I would advise you not to get hit for, you know, anytime in the near future. And I'm like, well, I fight next week. And he's like, well, don't get hit. <laughs> well, it was kind of what yeah, I was that's, a, that's a great theory. That's a great theory. You know, I mean, I think I'm quite a work on that. <laughs> I'd be like if you're a NASCAR driver, you're like, well, whatever you do, don't drive. But I, I have a race next week. It's like, well, try not to drive in it. I mean, the hard part, Johnny, that was for you were one fight away from winning a million dollars, right? Yeah, winning that rising Grand Prix title, which is, you know, fucking like it's a dream. You know what I mean? Going back to Pride Days, you know what I mean? Like the, so, winning the Pride Grand Prix was 
amazing such an amazing fucking like milestone in your career you know why you did it and you know you were winning that fight till you got caught the last fight you were you were doing great (laughs) thank Um, you but uh hey man you know maybe this year off is a a blessing in disguise because you know you get the pfl you got a year off you get your brain could heal your your, body could heal and then you have another chance to win a million dollars next year exactly and i have i'm the only guy to have a draw with the back-to-back lightweight champion in the pfl so uh my, my chances are good my you know my my i'm fucking excited and uh you know i mean like i'm right there in the mix i know i can beat that fucking guy too so i'm ready for the opportunity so uh also last week uh, ashley yoder won her fight i like ashley yoder i know th- i think she had they have with her brother her brother passed away and she's she's a, gr- a great great person super hot you meet her in person you're like whoa uh and cool funny story about her was tom galiccio told me so toothless tom when he was looking for gyms he's from new jersey he's like the he's like the m1 champion and he wants to leave jersey so he calls every gym the only gym that gets back to him is team quest and he goes hey i want to train there he calls the like, aka att so he moves to team quest but they don't know who he is so he walks in there and they put him with Ashley Yoder as his training partner. <laughs> That's cool. For, for like two weeks, he's training with a one fifteen pound girl. He's like the defending M1 champion, this guy. Like he has like the belt. And then they finally realize, oh, wait, this guy's actually fought before. It's not some fucking jabroni off the street. So uh, it's a pretty funny story. <laughs> but did, did Ashley kick his ass, though? That's the question. Was she fucking I him up? That, I I mean, that's just so funny. And like, the, like, you know, I'm like, why'd you pick Quest? Like, no one else got back to me. He's such a fucking dude. I, talk, I, went, to his, I went to his wedding and they forgot the wedding ring when it was time to exchange vows. They had to get a wedding ring from somebody in the crowd. Oh like, my God. Just typical toothless Tom Galicchio. And then, right, I, I go, Tom, did you put a, a tooth in the front? He goes, no, actually, I tried, but they, it was too expensive. So I ripped out a crown from the back, but it wouldn't fit. Like, oh. So he actually ripped out a tooth from the back of his mouth. I'm like, yeah, usually it doesn't fit if it's a different tooth. Oh, <laughs> my God. What a, what a, a molar in the front. That's hilarious. <laughs> What's up, people? The wait is finally over. Football is back. Look, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today. and Start off by wagering on win, division, and championship futures today. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Sure, just it's like a like a chicklet or something. So yeah, that's what I said. So uh, uh, Strickland won versus Allen. Now Strickland in that fight, he said, "If I fight the way I did at the gym, I'll be a world champion." Um, how common is that that guys don't fight the way they do in the gym in fights? Is, is that that's you- real common. That's real common. You see it all the time in a wrestling room in college, and then you see you know guys who go into the fight game from college of the same attitude they uh they're tougher nails they're the world champions in the locker room or i mean the workout room but they piss themselves when they got to go out there and fight in front of somebody it's ridiculous True now, that, story. but that never happened there, right? don what did that ever happen did that ever happen to you 
No, I do a lot better from the crowd. Um, the, the workout room, I get my ass kicked, you know, almost every day because I'm trying new stuff. I'm trying to work on my weak spots, you know, and that's, that's how you improve. Don't go in there and just work on, you know, what you're good at. You, you got to fix the fundamentals of where you're weak. And uh, so you take a beat in doing that. What about you, Johnny? Totally. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. So, I mean, just like there's that dichotomy of like, uh, you know, guys who are fucking killers, world champions in the gym, and then they go out there and they shit their pants in the flight night. But then there's guys in the gym who are just kind of average, but they work hard. You know what I mean? And then they show up and they're fucking gamers and they're, they're never off on their fights. You know what I mean? It's like, um, you know, and I, I tend to be more of the latter. You know, I've never really like, I, I, except for like my very first pro fight, I, I fucking was kind of, I knew what I was getting myself into and I wasn't ready for that fight. So I kind of, but after that fight, I told myself never again, am I going to fucking step in this ring unless I'm ready to fucking go. And uh, you know what I mean? So you see, you see it from both ways. You see studs who go out there and they can't perform. And then you see guys who are just kind of average and they go out there and they fucking shine bright. So who's a, who's, both ways. who's a guy at the gym that you were like, man, they could only do what they did in the gym in the fight. Uh, well, um, I'm sure you saw his fight. Max Roshkoff. Yeah. Max, you quit on the show. That guy is the most fucking scariest grappler I have ever gone. Like, that guy fucking mauls everybody. Everybody in the gym, that guy just destroys. Like, it's nothing. You know what I mean? So then the moment he went out there in that fight, and that kid, he wasn't able to just break that kid and completely dominate that kid, he fucking broke. You know what I mean? And I love Max. Max is a good dude, but it comes down to fucking, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes you got to be the nail. You can't just be the hammer all the time. And if you do... The moment you become, uh, you know, a nail in the fight, you're done. So, yeah, it is weird. And you know, you want to know who the best, who the best guy, guy who was like average in the training room was, who, who goes out and shines, is Kelvin Gastelum. That fucking oh, wow. dude, like, in, in the in the training. So wait a room, minute. Like, so I mean, in his fights, was him shining? Come on, dude. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. I mean, I'm just joking. I'm kidding. Yeah, I mean, like what you would see, like in the training room, like he's he doesn't seem like anything special. But then you see him fight, and you're like, fuck, dude. I wouldn't want to fight that dude. Uh, Don Fry, who's a guy that you were in the, in the gym, you were like, if only he could do in the gym what he did in the, in the cage? A big old guy named Sam Satello. Um, actually, all my guys, Rainy Martinez, uh, Rich Moreno, all those guys, they were tougher than nails in, a, in the uh, wrestling room. and uh, But they did they just didn't have the opportunity to put it together out in the uh, ring. And, but they became such great workout partners because they left their egos at the door and they all concentrated just on me, you know? So there was never, we would get guys come in there, take cheap shots and we'd run them out. You know, they'd be there for one or two times and then they're gone because they knew if they're going to pull that shit, that they weren't going to fucking be walking anymore. Now, was, you know, there, was there a guy in the gym that was like, eh, but then out in the, in the octagon, he was a monster or back in the, in the pride ring? Shit. Probably, uh, yeah, BJ Penn, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, another fight. That now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Strickland, now this was the, now wasn't Strickland the guy that two weeks ago he was yelling at his opponent to just go down? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was fucking, he came back out. I was kind of waiting for him to do that shit again. Like, just go down. <laughs> that was so fucking weird. I, I like the guy. I'll tell you who's going to be a problem is that little Japanese 115 pounder that beat uh, from Japan. Marcos, that, that beat Marcos. 
Marcos? Because Marcos is a good wrestler, a really good wrestler. And she was just threw her on her back. She was like almost an Olympian. She's got those like Japanese muscles. You know those like Asian muscles where they don't look like they're not ripped, they're just solid. Like you ever see, like those some of those Asian guys, they just have like they look they almost look like they're from the Midwest and they just throw hay around, fucking barrel. <laughs> They have like those type of like the Dagestani muscles where they're just like thick. And, and this girl is going to be a problem. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see how, how like she does. Cause her striking. I don't know how good her striking is. Cause she just goes for the wrestling, but she looked tough. She looked really tough. Uh, good for her. Um, now Bellator. Uh, Don, are you still with us? Uh, what happened to Greg, Greg Fry? Are you still with us? All right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Now, this week, this Thursday night, we have oh, Don left. Uh, we have um, Darian Caldwell versus Antonio McKee. I am so excited for this fight. I, you know, I said Darian Caldwell was a guy that I watched wrestle in college when he beat Brett Metcalf in the finals. Brett Metcalf, uh, Iowa guy, uh, like you, Johnny Case. And Metcalf was the bully. And Caldwell threw a head and arm to start the fight in the NCAA finals, which is like a move that you teach middle school kids not to do. <laughs> it's like when I see girls do it, I'm like, no, stop it. It's like wrestling 101. It almost never works. I always tell kids, like, do this when you're down 12 nothing, and you, it's a Hail Mary move, right? He opened the wrestling match with it and hit it. Got a five-point thing. <laughs> And then towards the end of the match, he did like three backflips. And then Metcalf ran him off the mat. It was fucking bananas. And Metcalf teched him three weeks before that. Like, so Caldwell's a guy that I always thought was going to be like the shit. And he was. He just, for some reason, can't beat Haraguchi uh, in Japan. Haraguchi's got his number. Well, guys always got your number. Uh, Antonio McGee is a guy whose father was a guy that everybody avoided. He was kind of a boring fighter, but he was a good fighter, but he just didn't play by the rules in the UFC. He got into other organizations. He was kind of boring. He was big in Canada, but he was a solid fighter. Sort of peaked before his time, didn't really catch the wave of MMA, but his son is a stud. And this is going to be a good fight. Uh, I don't know who's going to win because McKee's like growing up as an MMA guy. And Caldwell is a wrestler who converted to a mixed martial artist. Uh, who do we like in this fight, Johnny Case? I'm going to have to go with my, uh, my my buddy and my former teammate, Darian Caldwell, man. Um, I, I, I actually trained with Darian for about two years in Arizona. Um, and that kid is just so super talented, you know, like his, his grappling skills, like, and he's, he's just learned so quickly. You know what I mean? He's able to, and he's able to make, make adjustments. You know what I mean? Obviously in the Horaguchi fight, like Horaguchi's a fucking stud. And like you said, like styles make fights. And I just don't think that style is, is suitable for him. But, uh, you know, AJ, AJ McKee's a fucking stud too. You know, I'm super impressed with him and he, he's got knockout power and, you know, I know he's got like a couple, uh, and his wrestling's good too. So, it's really just going to come down to whoever can control the uh, the style, whoever can control the takedown, whoever can get the fuck up off the ground. Um, but I think I give it, I give the edge to McKee a little bit with the striking, but I think the grappling I give, I give to Darion a little bit. Well, Caldwell is like, I'm five, 10 and a half. He's about five, 11 and a half, maybe even six foot and fights at 145. 
and is not that skinny. Like, I don't know. He must cut 40, 45 pounds. I mean, right. Am I, am I, am I off on this? No, he's a bit. Yeah. He's a big featherweight for sure. He's really big featherweight. Um, I'm not sure exactly how much weight he cuts, but you know I mean? That's just comes on from his wrestling. You know what I mean? Like he knows how to cut weight. Like he can, nobody cuts weight better than wrestlers. You know what I mean? And nobody cuts more weight more efficiently and, and, and refuels better. So, um, so yeah, I mean, he's gotta be one of the bigger ones guys for his weight class for sure. I mean, if he, if he walks into the ring or like octagon or decagon or Bellator at 185 and he weighs, you think he can gain 40 pounds overnight? I mean, he might, right? Yeah, I mean, there's no IV bands with Bellator. You know what I mean? So you you get a couple IV bags in you and you start eating shit. That fucking stacks on really quick. You know what I mean? That's crazy. That's what I – so I'm a lightweight. I, I weigh in at 155, and I and I weigh in the night of the fight, like 180, 185 between there. So the fact that he's a fucking oh. featherweight, like, that's pretty that's pretty amazing. Yeah, people don't realize that, like, you can and, and will. I mean, Vince Michelle was 197. And I, I texted him and I'm like, Vince, the fuck are you doing? Like, like you got to lose 43, 42 pounds. And he's like, Oh, I'm going to get to two Oh five just to really piss you off. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, bro, you're a pro fighter. Like, like, <clears throat> I mean, Greg, don't you think that that's a lot of weight? 45 pounds. The, the, I mean, dude, I've been trying to lose 45 pounds for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> and these guys do it in 12 hours. Like, yeah, that's cat. That, they're doing something I can't do. I mean, fuck. <laughs> I would love to, I'd love to be able to fucking do that. That's Superman well, shit right there. I don't know. Hours, but they're, they're losing about 18, 17 pounds in about 12 hours. And then, yeah. they're, getting, then they're getting back up. To up about forty pounds, so, but the thing is, and I think it's a whole uh, now dating. Now dating forty pounds in a in a night that I can do. Yes, that's a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> that is something I have mastered throughout my life. Is I, I can do it in a weekend. Forty five pounds, you got it. Now another card on this uh, finding this card, which I I'm nervous about because I like this guy a lot, Ben Henderson. I don't know if you'll ever meet a nicer killer than Ben Henderson. This is the kind of guy that, like, like I honestly believe if there was a fire, house is on fire, and there was a there was a kitten in the top on like eight floors up, he would he would go and save the kitten. And then when you said thank you, he would tell you some religious verse or something. He's just like just a, a good human being is Ben Henderson. And, Can I tell you something though? His picture on the Bellator website, it looks like he's in the Thunder from Down Under. <laughs> like it, it looks like your fate your featured male dancer this week ladies benson henderson smooth when, oh, I, I, when i went to go see johnny case and these guys spar over uh at uh at the gym in arizona he was literally fighting like some of the best guys in the world he's, he's grappling and taking them down holding them down his wife's holding his baby and he's telling his wife what groceries to get, like during sparring. Like he's <laughs> like he's got a guillotine on one guy, and he's like, "Oh, make sure you get uh, milk for the baby." And I'm just like, "What <laughs> fucking world am I in?" Uh, but he's fighting this guy, Jason Jackson, who no one really knows Jason Jackson unless you're an MMA hardcore fan like me. Just just beat Jordan Main, thirty twenty seven. I thought he beat Ed Ruth got robbed. He has a win over Diego Lima in one round. 
this is a very dangerous fight for Ben Henderson because there's not a big upside for it. Uh, it's all down if he loses. It's tough, man. It's a tough one. Uh, Johnny Case, talk to me. Yeah, man. Benson's like, you know, Benson's like my brother. He's such a good fucking dude. He'd give you the shirt off his back. You know what I mean? Um, and he's a fucking stud. He, he's, he's a freak athlete and it, he's, his knowledge of the game is just so vast. Um, but that being said, you know, Jackson's a fucking killer. Like I've seen some of his fights, man. He, he can bang. And on top of that, he's young and he's hungry and he, he's got something to prove. You know what I mean? Whereas Benson's kind of been there, done that. He's just kind of fighting to, because he enjoys fighting and, you know, makes some paychecks or whatever. But, I mean, this is not the kind of fight that you want to take, you know what I mean, if you're Benson Henderson. With a young, hungry, fucking long, lengthy striker like that, like, you know, it, it, it's, it's all risk, very little reward. Yeah, he's coming yeah. off a first-round knockout to Michael Chandler. It's just like, uh... I don't know, man. Yeah. I, yeah, I wish him the best of luck. And I would never fucking ever count Benson Henderson out or ever say that he doesn't have a chance to win the fight. Um, but I, I wish him I wish him luck, and I wish he goes out there and fucking takes care of business. Uh, Joey Davis, a guy that Bellator does not promote, is a four-time national champion, uh, never lost in college, Division Two, still not D1, but still fucking almost impossible. He's fighting a guy named Bobby Lee. Not <laughs> Uh, Bobby Lee from Minnesota, tough guy, from, tough redhead. Yeah, uh, I know that kid. But I, I think Joey's going to just dominate him. You? Yeah, I agree. That Bobby Lee kid, he's kind of like a, a blue collar, kind of a journeyman style fighter. Like he's a he's a tough guy. He could win some fights, but I just don't think he's ready for that kind of competition just yet. Um, yeah, and Joey's not really getting the the backing from Bellator, but I think I think he could be he beats bigger name guys. I think that. Bellator is going to get behind him for sure. And then Keith Lee, Kevin Lee's brother, who's on a three-fight winning streak, taking on Rufion Stotts, another stud, 14-1, and one, great wrestler. This is going to be a good fight. This is going to be a good fight. Of course, they buried it on the undercard. Uh, you have to find it. But I'm telling you, uh, if you actually do find it on YouTube, uh, and then Matt Bassetti is taking on Jeremy Kennedy, ex-UFC guy, ex-PFL guy, tough guy. Matt Bassetti's a guy always wins on that minor league level. Like he just like, he's like the CFFC champion or this champion. And then he just gets to the top and he just can't seem to get over that hump. Uh, but this is a good fight. Jeremy's from Canada. Uh, good. Any, any thoughts on, 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 on either of those fights? Yeah. Keith Lee and Jeremy Kennedy are my former um, teammates now at extreme Couture here in Las Vegas. Um, and I, you know, they've been fucking, been putting in the work day in day out you know they're studs they're fucking great dudes they're great training partners and um i'm expecting great things out of both of them i think uh keith lee's got the the the, the tougher challenge with rafi and stott you know rafi is a fucking stud um he's he's capable of of putting anybody away you know what i mean as and he's a good well-rounded fighter um i don't know much about the, the guy that jeremy's fighting but i know enough about jeremy to know that he's gonna go out there and he's gonna take care of business Good. Nice guy, too. This Canadian fighter is just nice. Just nice. They are, dude. They are fucking nice. One Canadian who talks shit, like, ever, in the history of Canadian fighters. Um, no. And they're all fucking tough, too. It's a different, <laughs> different breed. In uh, news today, Uriah Hall, Chris Weidman, the rematch. Brett, <laughs> are you excited for this? Me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, February 13th. Now, why they couldn't find him a better match than fucking Weidman? Come on, really? 
Yeah. I mean, look, it's a good fight. Wyman needs a win, uh, another win. Hall did not look great against Anderson Silva. He beat him, but he didn't throw a punch to the third round. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think that Wyman takes this. I See, think- they, this is the kind of match they give you when you lose to, you know, to Spencer Silva. But he won. So, I mean, you don't give Wyman. I, that makes no sense to me. It's like, here, you know what? You, you know, you play, you fought that old guy. Now we give you this broken guy. Like, he's not should... broken. He comes, he's coming off a win. Coming off a big one win. The guy's fucking, his career looks like a heart monitor. It's fucking up and down. Fuck <laughs> that. Johnny Cage. They're trying to, I, I mean, it seems like they're trying to build Uriah Hall up, and it seems like Weidman is not the way to do that. That's just my opinion. Johnny Cage. Yeah, I would agree with the, I would agree with that statement for sure. Um, you know, I think they're, they're expecting Uriah goes out there and he, he just knocks out wide men or, you know, pretty much controls the fight. But I don't really see that happening, honestly. Like, I, I you can't ever count Weidman out. And, um, you know, he after Weidman's a long layoff, like, I'm excited to see um, see him come back and kind of get, get a run going again, you know what I mean? Or even if he doesn't get a run, then we'll see, you know, that the, the game has kind of passed him and he, where, he, where he really is is just kind of a, a gatekeeper. Um, but this is a fight. See, but they just really gave him a guy who the game was already past him. We know, you know what I mean. Like, True. like why would they do? True. Why do we see the? It's like seeing the same movie twice. Like, why are we doing this? I don't know. I'm not We know. Well, I think whoever wins is it's just going to be a depressing fight because whenever I, whenever Chris Weidman loses, he gets knocked out or whatever. I get sad because I'm a big Chris Weidman fan. Whenever uh, Uriah Hall loses or wins it's always depressing because he has like some depressing speech that he gives or he's like crying so <laughs> this is just gonna be a sad fight all around but i don't know i'm yeah, not looking for right. either one because i like both guys it's gonna air on lifetime um, <laughs> <laughs> now, people are mad at gina carano uh have you been following the story no what's up so Gina Carano, um, you know, who's had a great, actually out of all the fighters in the history of MMA, has had the best acting career. Um, because a lot of people have been like in, you know, had movies or whatever, she's consistently working, uh, you know, whether it's the Star Wars trilogy or she was in, what else was she in? She's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, her Jane acting- Jane Silent Bob movie. They, what, she was in that, what else was Gina in? She was in, um, wasn't she in the What's It Called Again? Uh, with Ryan Reynolds, uh, he, Oh, uh, Deadpool. Deadpool, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. So, Gina Carano. She's in the yeah. She's in the Mandalorian, right? Yeah, yeah. Mandalorian, Deadpool. She's. I mean, she's a lot of Steven Soderbergh movies. Like they seem to really like Gina Carano, and good for her because I like it when fighters can transition. It's, it's good for everybody when that happens. And so often we see guys when they're hot, they get a movie or two, and then all of a sudden it's just. You know, even like Randy Couture at the beginning was doing the Expendables, this and that. Or, I mean, Bisbing's doing really well right now. They're giving Bisbing a lot of movies. He's getting a big push. I think he has that whole like Guy Ritchie thing going for him. He was in the Triple X movie or something. And what do you got? got Anyway, so Gina is a big Trump supporter. Um, doesn't really outwardly say it, but kind of says the, like, what off on the whole voting things. And what she was saying was like, we need better voting. We need better this, but that. It wasn't, nothing really was like, I thought it was that controversial, but um, she's now joined Parlor, and she thinks she's anti-masks, kind of, thinks we should open up the country. She's giving up her, giving her opinion, right? Now the trend was fire Gina Carano. All these people were going after her. They were saying she's transphobic. 
She's uh, this now. I don't know what she said that was transphobic. I, I cannot comment on that. I don't know what was said. They said she was this. She's anti-math. My personal opinion is that, you know, maybe I don't agree with her stuff, but she's entitled to her opinion, just like everybody else. And yes, absolutely. And going on parlor is not illegal. Who gives a fuck if she's on parlor? Like, supposed to go on parlor? Go on, and, and even if she's anti-mask and that's her position, also not illegal. Like, yeah. opinion. So people can't get her fired is like, I think, fucked up because we should be allowed to have different views on things. Maybe some are right, maybe some are wrong. It seems like maybe science is not on her side. But at the same point, let her voice her opinion without having the mob go after her and get her fired. And she's doubled, tripled, quadrupled down. So she's not backing down. And I give her a lot of credit because she's a Hollywood star. And I, I'm sure a lot of Hollywood is not agree with what she's trying to say, but she doesn't give a fuck. She's like, fuck it. You want to hire me? Fucking hire me. If not, go ahead. So in, in that regard, I'm like props to Carano, but thoughts. Yeah. I feel the exact same way. I, you know what? I hate this cancel culture that if I disagree with your opinion, then I don't want you to have a job. Fuck you. Separate the two. Okay. You can disagree with somebody, but that shouldn't affect their ability to work. They're la- and that's the thing. We give everybody a platform. We want everybody to speak their mind. And then they do. And then they're like, oh, well, you know what? You shouldn't be in Star Wars anymore. No, that's not how this should work at all. You're welcome to disagree with or whatever, but that doesn't affect your work. That doesn't affect, and it shouldn't affect her ability to work. This cancel culture shit. If we cancel anything, we should cancel cancel culture. <laughs> Perfectly said. Any case, thoughts? Yeah, man. I mean, that's the one thing like, you know, so she's more leaning to, toward the right or whatever. The, you know, the left is kind of who's coming after her, like, you know, and like, it's crazy to think like, you know, it, like the left can ha- the left can have their opinions and the right doesn't really, they're like, whatever, you're wrong, whatever. I don't agree with that shit. No, I attacked. think cancel culture, no, cancel culture goes both ways. Let's be clear. I haven't seen it much from the It right. definitely it goes both ways. So, but it, but it, but it, it does remain the same in that it shouldn't. Though. I just don't know any examples from the right going to the left. Uh, just, it's the always- example, The example that I think that uh, you can think is the Kathy Griffin thing. When she held up the, the head of Donald Trump and said- Oh like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, okay, I do recall. Okay, so yeah, yeah. So maybe, yeah, so either way, both ways, it's fucking, it, it's, it's so dumb, dude. It's like, it, people should have the fucking right to have their own opinion. And if you don't agree with it, too fuck. And and you can appreciate their work and, or not appreciate it. And that should also <laughs> have nothing to do with their bullet. No one told you you had to read her shit. Nobody. And also, you know, again, she's she's an athlete. She's an actress. You know, I mean, you don't who can. OK, she speaks her mind. You speak your mind. That doesn't have anything to do with her ability to perform her job. And she should be allowed to do. I mean, so long as she's not, you know, hurting anybody and doing anything criminal, then then why should she not be allowed to continue? To, it, it's silliness. Cancel, cancel culture. Everybody go fuck yourself. It is, Damn right. And, and for every Gina Carano part that she got, there's like a million actresses who tried to get that job. So the fact that she got it and she keeps stays working, she's really defying the odds. So let's not cancel it. Like, it's, it's not that fucking easy. They're just giving out jobs to be in Star Wars. I mean, she had to jump through a fucking billion hoops to get these jobs. Uh, so, yeah, know. it's one thing when you're you're doing something criminal. 
you know, when there's, you know, some kind of sexual assault or something like that, well, that, now it's a little harder to look the other way. But when you're talking about someone just expressing their opinions, that is fundamentally what this country is supposed to be about, you know, freedom of speech and, and not and not feeling like you're going to lose everything just for expressing yourself. Exactly, exactly. So back to fighting. Max Holloway versus Calvin Qatar got signed today. Good fight. I think Badass. I think Holloway's guided. I think he's a he's a, just a little bit of a level up against Calvin Qatar. I just think he's a little bit more elite. Johnny Case, talk to me. I would agree. Um, I you know Kelvin is a fucking stud, and I love watching him fight. You know that knockout over Jeremy Stevens was sick. Um, his last fight uh, against Dan Ige was that his last yep. fight. Um, that was a fucking solid fight. Um, oh. so I, I like Kelvin. I like Kelvin. I think he's got a bright future, but I, I think I would have to agree with you. Like I think Max has just been there, done that. He's got the experience and he's got a, he, he's, a, he's a notch above Kelvin at the moment. Uh, Greg thoughts. Uh, you know, Max is the only one that I'm really familiar with and he's been doing great lately. So I'm definitely not going to bet against him. Yeah, absolutely. He texts me randomly out of the blue for like, I've heard from five years. He goes, hey, man, just saying hello. Hope you're doing well. And I texted him back, and he didn't get back to me. <laughs> <laughs> he sent that text to everybody in his contacts. I was going to say, yeah, he definitely sent that to a different Adam, and then you hit him back, and he's like, the fuck is that guy hitting me up for? Yeah, I hope you're good, too. <laughs> Then he probably saw he probably saw the other Adam like a week later was like, hey, you never replied to my text. What's up? He's like, I never got a text from you. All right. So UFC this weekend, real quick. Uh Division Figuero, 19 and 1 against Alex Perez. That's the main event, which is crazy that they're having a flyweight main event uh, on a pay-per-view card. I think a lot of people are going to be like, fuck that, but who cares? Uh, That's why they have two championship fights to make up for the yeah, flyweight totally. being the headliner. That's exactly right. But uh, I think Division's going to win this fight. Uh, I think he's uh, he's been on fucking steamrolling everybody. Alex Perez is good, but I don't think he's as good as Division. Okay. Well, and I think this guy, Figueredo, Figueredo, however you're supposed to say, Figueredo, right? Uh, I think he's like, I think the reason there, he's kind of captured, you know, a little bit of the imagination, you know, he's kind of a bad boy. He's kind of got this edge to him. And I think that's, what's kind of put him in this position. I think they're trying to maybe now build that brand and see if people respond to this, you know, because I think they have, I think based on his last fight, I mean, he generated some buzz. Yeah. He beat Benavidez twice. Uh, yeah. Brutally too. And it was a hell of a fight. Exactly. I think he really created a lot of buzz with that last one. Johnny. Yeah, dude. I, I just don't think Perez has has what it takes to take him take him out. You know, Perez is the top top ten guy, maybe you know, maybe top five, but I don't think he's top two. So, you know, for like the champ looked fucking amazing against those last two fights with um with Joe Benavidez. So I, I have a hard time seeing anybody at that flyweight. You know, I was really looking forward to seeing Cody Garbrandt come back down or come down to 25 and, and take that fight. I think that would have been a fucking barn burner, but um, I just don't think Perez has what it takes, man. Agreed. Yeah. And I think that's what, that's what I mean by like trying to build his brand. They're definitely giving him somebody that he's going to be able to put on a good show with, you know, yeah. versus Jennifer Maya. Damn. I think this is kind of a mismatch too. I like Jennifer Maya, but I think that she surprised uh, bad JoJo. Um, she's got six losses. Some of the losses are the girls. They're just not. Shevchenko's on a different level right now, um, and she's smoking hot. I don't. I don't even understand this. this is, I think this is not even a real person. I know Ben Affleck. <laughs> like, 
spy or something. I'm kind of with Askren on this. There's something really weird about this girl. Uh, but I think she wins this fight. Uh, Wean Dog. Yeah, I think she just steamrolls Jennifer Maya. Um, I think this is one of those cards where most of the MMA fans know exactly what's going to happen in the two main events. I don't know if that takes away from the excitement of the card because, you know, with Valentina, she's so dominant and so fun to watch. And Davison Figueredo, this dude is scary, dude. So you know it's probably – both these fights are probably going to end in finishes. So I think that is something to look forward to this card for. But I think Valentina is just going to smash this girl, dude. Right. Let me ask you, though. Let's ask this question, though, because I've paid for a number of the, the, the pay-per-views this year, you know, primarily because you can't really go out and watch these. But who uh, in this group right now, who's actually going to pay for this this weekend? Mm-hmm. Adam? Because <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to pay to see this. No, I, I, but it's a pretty deep card. It's actually a deep card. If you look at like. All right. The, so, the third fight is the one that I think is the most entertaining. Mike Perry, Mike Perry's much must watch television. Must watch TV right there. If I pay for this fight, which I probably actually finally will, because I always like say I'm not going to, and then I get bored and I'm like, fuck it, I'm paying for it. I'm gonna watch this. Fight. I mean, so, but if I'm paying the money, it's for the Mike Perry fight. No, he's gonna be well, he probably might be in jail soon or something. Like you don't know how long we're gonna have Mike Perry. Free. Um, you, gotta enjoy, you gotta enjoy while you got him. So, like this is, I mean, Mike Perry is just, I mean, he may, him and War Machine and Mayhem may have that fight club. Uh, I was gonna say that he should change his name to Mayhem Mike Perry. <laughs> I, I just think that like the convict the fighting championship might get a little bit more. Mike nice. So, uh, but Johnny Case, Tim means Mike Perry. Who wins this fight? You know, I, I, I'm such a fan of Mike Perry just because he's a fucking wild man and he, he's cool as shit, too. Like, I've you know, every time I've met him, he's been a good dude fucking. But I, I like Tim Means, man. Tim Means is like I've been a fan of Tim Means for a long time. Um, I've shared the locker room with him. Um, I really like what he's all about. And um, I think stylistically, he's a long fucking dude. He's a long, especially at welterweight. Um, I think he can keep the distance and keep Mike off him. I think uh, Means wins the fight. He's also pretty smart. I don't think he knows that Mike Perry's only shot us to go punch for punch with him. So I, I don't see him going punch for punch. Uh, but we know who wins this fight. Well, I think Mike Perry is actually a really good grappler, too. I think we saw that when he fought Mickey Gall. So Mike Perry, I don't think he's one dimensional because I think he might be able to take Tim Means down, but I really do think Mike Perry is going to win this fight. Maybe first-round knockout, I don't know, but recently I haven't been too good picking fights, so who knows? I Every time I bet against Tim Means, Tim Means always ends up winning, so I don't know. I don't know who wins this fight, but I'm going to Mike Are you surprised that Mike Perry came out as a hardcore Trump supporter? Uh, or no? Who, me? Yeah. No. I mean, a lot of fighters are being more politically vocal, uh, so I, I encourage everybody to speak their mind. I don't, I don't think we should suppress anybody, but I'm not surprised that he came out as a Trump supporter. Isn't he from Florida? Uh, yeah. And that's a pretty red yeah, place. Also, so, uh, <laughs> that's true. Uh, uh, now also on this card, sit, Wait, sit, do I get to weigh in on this one? Yeah. I want to weigh in on this one. Come on. What are you skipping? What am I chopped liver here? Listen, Tim means should obviously win this fight. 
But I still think Mike Perry finds a way. I mean, yeah, Tim Means shouldn't go blow to blow with him, but I think Mike Perry cuts off the ring and forces him to fight. I, I, I think even though Tim Means should win, if it goes to a decision, Tim Means. But I don't think it gets to a decision. And I think uh, uh, Mike Perry finds a way to get it done. If Mike Perry wins, does his 18-year-old girlfriend get trainer of the year? Because she's going to be undefeated with him. <laughs> and she's pregnant right now. <laughs> really? She's pregnant? You didn't know that? Yeah, she's going to be pregnant in his corner. Oh my God! With Mike's baby? Yes. I, well, okay, I, we think that's the. I'm just synopsis. joking, Mike. Don't don't attack me. I'm just kidding. I make jokes. I'm a comedian. That's what I'm here to do. Yeah, the baby's gonna come out with a big face tattoo and cursing. <laughs> uh, also on this card, Cynthia Cavillo, who I'm a big fan of. She's obviously she's a great girl. Girl that her boyfriend dumped her when she was like 21. She went to take a kickboxing class to get in shape. Now she's ranked third in the world. Uh, it's just going to say that sometimes guys are doing you a favor when you might break up, dude. Uh, she's fighting Caitlin Chukagan, uh, who's coming off a tough loss uh, to Valentina. Uh, Caitlin's uh, a good karate girl, always grunts really loud when she throws, um, which I think sways the judges a lot of times because they, they hear her. Uh, I think Cynthia wins this fight. I think Cynthia wins this fight because of her wrestling and her just overall toughness and angry Mexican behavior. Um, so uh, Johnny Case, who, who, who do we like in this fight? I like Cynthia. You know, I like them both. I do. I really, I like Chukagan, the way she fights with that, like uh, that karate K1 kickboxing kind of style. But man, there's, there's something to be said for that fucking Mexican style of just forward pressure and fucking throw hands until you drop kind of fighting style that, that Cynthia possesses. Um, you know, and she's game as fuck too. You know, I've never seen Cynthia show up to a fight and not be ready to fucking bang. So I think, uh, it, it comes down to grit, and I think Cynthia takes this fight. I think she either finishes her or dominates her in a decision. Greg? You know, okay, she, we just saw Chikagian fight, what, like a month ago? Yeah. And she lost that fight, right? Well, yeah, she got hit in the rib by Jessica Andrade. Remember her rib? Oh, that's right. That's right. Listen, I like her in a comeback. I, I like her coming back fast. I like her coming back with a lot of energy and looking to take this girl's head off. I like, uh, I like Caitlin in this one in a comeback. Um, this is going to be a tough one, dude. I think it goes to a decision. Both of these girls are really good at jujitsu. Let's not forget, Caitlin Chukagian trains with John Danaher, and that, that gym has Gary Tonin, Gordon Ryan. So she's no joke on the ground. And Cynthia Cavillo is like basically known for her jujitsu. So I think it may be a stalemate in the jujitsu uh, realm in this fight. But I think Cynthia will have the more dominant position. So I think the judges will end up giving it to Cynthia. Cynthia went to Thailand, got like staph infection. Had to spend like a week in a Thai like hospital with no insurance. I mean, she's just like, oh, she's just had a tough little road. Paul That's Craig, tough business. Paul Craig versus Shogun rematch. Paul Craig like wins every fight by triangle, and <laughs> he's losing. Uh, and they fought like three times ago. I'm not really sure why they're fighting again. Uh, but Shogun won the first one barely. Uh, I like Paul Craig. They call him the Jew Bear. I don't think he's Jewish, though. I'm not really sure why <laughs> you're allowed to have, or the bear Jew. I don't know the why. Bear Jew. I don't know why you're allowed to just be the bear Jew, but uh, if you're not Jewish, fuck it, we'll we'll, we'll claim him. Um, <laughs> so, Greg, you know, bear Jew or Shogun? I'm gonna go with Bear Jew just because uh, he's. I mean, Shogun again. These old guys. And then they come out. I mean, I know they still have skills. I know they still have grit. I know, but they—they they, you can—they look old. They look old. 
They don't look like their former selves. There's no way I'm putting it on Mauricio. I'm definitely going Paul Craig. Johnny Case. Paul Craig, man, I exactly what Greg said, dude. Like, it's hard to see these guys, like, because you see, like, what they were, right, when they were at the pinnacle. And then you see right. them now, and they're like a shadow of themselves. And it's like, man, you don't really want to see that. Like, and even yeah. so, it's like, even if the guys they beat, it's like, man, then that guy, that guy got beat by, like, a has-been out the window kind of a show, man. What does that say about him competing at the, the modern-day fucking elite level? You know what I mean? So I think Paul Craig gets – gets the win and um you don't think that they look differently because of the testing and pride and ah. <laughs> well well i mean i think yeah there's definitely a difference between shogun in the pride and pride era and shogun in his ufc era but even shogun in his ufc era showed a lot of fucking like championship talent and and, and skill set um but i just don't see that happening anymore uh we know well apparently their last fight was actually a draw it ended in a draw um, damn, dude. I don't know who's going to win this fight. I'm going to pick uh, Shogun via KO in the first round, but I don't know, honestly. No <laughs> that, is, that is a super specific uh, prediction to be followed by, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a knockout by the knee, first round, three minutes, 32 seconds in, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, also on this card, Joaquin Buck, uh, Buckley, who had that crazy kick win where the, the guy caught his leg oh yeah and he jumped into his face yeah that was great he's fighting a guy called the beverly hills ninja uh who's a white guy who's 11 or no um who looks like a banker uh he <laughs> seems to win all his fights but I, I saw a couple of his fights i think in the lfa and i wasn't that impressed like he got rocked and then came back with some weird karate chop or something at one but I don't know if he's ready for this level of competition. I'm going to go with Joaquin Buckley, but I like the fact that there's a Beverly Hills Ninja um, in MMA. I think it's good for the sport, but I don't know how good this guy is. Um, Johnny Case. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything, anything about the Beverly Hills Ninja kid. Um, and I know very, very little about Joaquin Buckley, but um... – Given his his UFC debut, that first performance he had against uh, was it Impa? Yeah. Get the, the, and Impa's a good fucking fighter too. So to see him get starched like that by by such a such a crazy fucking karate kick like that, like, that was so I, I awesome. Go, it was amazing. Yeah, it was like that was some Jackie Hall. Chan shit, man. That was fucking. <laughs> that was, I, was, I was like, now that's some martial arts. That's some fucking yeah. Well, the guy yeah. who hates him though is uh, is James Krause. Banned them from the gym. I guess he talks a lot of shit. So he's, he's, oh. a, he's a real loud mouth. He's a punk. He really wants to fight this guy. He says nothing good about Joaquin Buckley. Well, so. knowing that, I'm going to go with Beverly Hills Ninja then because I know James Krause and he's a fucking great dude, fellow Midwestern guy. And uh, if you don't like him, then fuck him. <laughs> also, Joaquin Buckley, like his first did. fight, he actually lost to Kevin Holland via uh, KO in the first round or the third round. Yeah. So. And then he went on to win against Impa, but I'm going to pick uh, Jordan Wright to win this fight via KO. Fuck it. Fuck it. Yeah. Dude, what about the Battle of the Brandons? That's uh, going to be a great fight. That is going to be a good fight. Uh, that Brandon Moreno, Brandon Royale looked great in his last fight. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, but before we leave, we got to talk about our boy, Alan Juban, on this card as well. Uh, he, he is fighting Jared Gooden. Uh, who's actually won three in a row. 
He's he's a really funny guy. He came on the show a couple times too. Really love telling me black jokes. He's a black guy, but he's had <laughs> the most offensive black jokes I've ever heard. Strong clarification. <laughs> I had to fucking I had to laugh, even though it was kind of uncomfortable. Um, but <laughs> uh, Alan Juban, we need a win here, buddy. Uh, <laughs> you know, we gotta we got we gotta pull this out. Uh, this is gonna be a good fight. But man, Alan's been on the sideline. I know he had COVID. I know he he, he had some kind of injuries, but I think he's got this. I do. So I think he's, he's this other guy is his first time in the UFC. Bright light says he's a fan of Alan Jabon. It's always a danger when a guy's a fan of yours. Uh, who do we like in this fight, Johnny Case? I like Alan Jovan. Uh, I I really like the way he fights. We haven't seen him fight in a while. You know what I mean? And I, I was a fan. We kind of got signed around the same time. Um, we both uh, fought on the same. Yeah. Um, and I've been following career ever since, and I'm really eager to see. Uh, Listen, I, I would love to see Alan win. We He's a friend of the show. He's a hell of a nice guy. Love the guy. But I honestly don't know what he's doing getting back in the ring. I, I feel in the octagon. I feel like I, I, I feel like his time has passed. He had a good run. I think we saw what he could do. Um, and this Jaron Gooden is now he's coming in. I think this is his debut, it says. So, I mean, I, you know, he's hungry, looking to make a stamp on things. I'm worried about Al in this fight. I think he loses. We know. Man, it's so hard to pick against Al and Joe Ban because he's always been super nice to me whenever I've, whenever he was on the show in person. So, And he's also a very exciting fighter. His fights are not boring, dude. He is a wild man in there. But – also, he gets rocked in like every single fight that he has because he makes it a war. So I don't know, man. I'm, I'm going to pick Alan Joe Band just because I know him personally and he's always been sweet to me. But fuck, I don't know. Yeah. No, he gets fight during like the walkout. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, listen, that is our show today. I'm um, shooting my comedy special tomorrow in Las Vegas. Super excited. Uh, have a great time. Have fun, man. Oh. You got this. Uh, Johnny Case, thanks for coming. Greg, thanks for coming. Wayne Dog, thanks for coming. Yep. See you guys soon. Take care, guys.